Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another fantastic Indie Creator interview. It's your Cape Crusader, Cody, and we are keeping it geekly with our new friend, Adam Tupper. We're here to break down Captain So-So and Mr. Maybe and everything in between. But first things first, Adam, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Uh, I had to get up a little bit early than I normally do to do this, but uh, that's because I'm a loser artist who sleeps until <laughs> sleeps until 11 every day uh, and is up until 3 in the morning. So it, it balances Ooh, out. Okay. It balances All right. out. Uh, I feel that. I was up, uh, I want to say, what was it, to like 1 or 2 last night playing Gotham Knights and then Ooh. woke up right at 7.30, had to take the kids to school. And like, I wanted to take a nap, but it's like, if I know if I take the nap, I'm not going to have time to get stuff done. And it's like, I'm tired. I'm tired of not getting it done. We're going to stay up. We got like three different types of monsters. We're ready to go, baby. <laughs> I had my coffee already this morning, so I'm I'm ready to go. I'm all primed. But 7.30, whoa, man. It's a dad struggle, man. The dad struggle. Um, this, is why, this is why dads need the respect, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't have kids. My kid is the art. Mm -hmm. And that is on my schedule. So uh, I'm, <laughs> I I like that. But infinite respect to the dads and the moms and the parents out there because I could not do that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And likewise, I, I could not do the art thing. So let's begin with that. Give us a little bit about who you are and how you uh, got into creating comics. So I've been an artist for, I want to say, like 35 years. I probably started when I was five uh doing art based on like comic books that i had at the time long time nerd long time geek comic book fan anime fan movie fan tv i, I love everything mm -hmm. uh so i've been working in in the art field for you know 35 years doing commissions and, and work for people i've been doing it professionally since 2010 and it was just a lot of fan art i was doing a lot of fan art to go to conventions and and sell prints and originals and things like that but during the pandemic, I was like, uh, maybe you got to start thinking about doing something <laughs> different, a little bit more long term. And people had told me for years that I should be doing comics because I know comics. I love comics. I did like a, a little comic series way back in like 1999 through 2001 for like a university newspaper. And that was fun. That was a fun little project. But it wasn't like long form comic book storytelling. And I thought... Mm -hmm. Now maybe it's the time for you to get into long form story. You got the you know, taste of it. Yeah, it, like it, it. It was one of those things where I wanted to create something a little bit more self sustaining, and the idea for it finally started to come together. And so I, I worked it out. I spent about six to seven months coming up with the storyline and all of the characters and how the process was going to go, and then rolled right in. And that's been the last two years of my life is working on this comic book series. So I got to ask you, because I'm always curious, because I, I have a lot of friends who are artists and uh, the, the topic always comes up of when they feel like they're professional artists or not. I've always considered it like when you start getting paid for your commissions, that's like the professional. So is that what you would Absolutely. consider too? That's right. Yeah. That's like when I, I think the first paid job I had, I was 11 <laughs> and, and someone said, can you do a bird for me? And I was like, sure. And I'll, I'll go give you $20. And I was like, fantastic. Wow. <laughs> I'm, now, I'm now a professional professional scheme so but recently it's mm -hmm. been like uh professional for me is full-time so i don't have side projects i don't have side jobs i just have the art and i've been doing that since 2010 so it's it is not easy yeah and how do you how do you make sure you stay like frosty that seems like it would be such like an easy territory to kind of get burnt out in oh well 
it's very it's great that you asked this because I get people ask it all the time. How do you avoid burnout? Uh, first of all, I don't. I'm perpetually burnt out. <laughs> That's my secret. <laughs> uh, I'm always burnt out. There's no cameras or people looking at me, and I'm just like head on my knees. <laughs> but the other secret is always be working. Like, mm -hmm. uh, I, I was, uh, there's a guy on Twitter uh, that I found, uh, and it's actually through Tumblr, Austin Cleon, and he's a writer, and he wrote a book called Steal Like an Artist. And he used to do these inspirational posts, and he would talk about how, how do artists stay, like, passionate? How do you keep moving? And, he, and I think he was talking to, like, Joni Mitchell. Uh, I think James Gunn came up in the conversation. He, he posted about this. They don't suffer from writer's block or artist block or, or creative block because they're just constantly working. And since 2010, I am constantly working. Uh, I don't think I've taken longer than like two weeks off in 12 years, 13 years. I respect uh, that. I respect it, that work ethic, man. It's it's also like it's your passion. I mean, this is this is something that I love. So I want to constantly be working on it. But if I'm not working on a new piece, I'm thinking about it. Uh, I'm sketching it out. I have 30 to 40 sketches of, of projects that I can't even start in any time right now, especially with the comic going on. But I, <laughs> I, I have I constantly have projects on the go because I don't like to be bored. And I want to cultivate that creativity and, and keep that moving forward. That's It's worked really well for me. It doesn't work so well for a lot of people, but when they say the hustle is real, it, it is real from the standpoint of you have to make the time and you have to dedicate yourself to it. And mm -hmm. when you do that, it kind of falls into place. It's never been difficult for me to maintain creativity. I might have a day or two where I feel stuck in a specific area, regardless of what I'm working on, but it goes away. It's just like a good night's sleep and it's boom, we're back into it. We're back able to, to start creating and new ideas flow and I don't know. It's that's the way it's worked for me, but it's it's pretty great. It's pretty awesome. So, how did we find you? You know, making the first steps into the adventure of Captain So and So and Mister Maybe. This was a, a really interesting read. Thank you so much for the opportunity um, to uh, get get the the first issue. And uh, man, I loved it. The twenty something year olds uh, playing retro games. That sounds just like me. Like to this day, we got a whole shelf of retro games right there, man. It's this is it. Like a lot of what inspired Captain So-So Mr. Maybe comes from me and, and my friends, especially in university in my 20s, which I am not in my 20s anymore. I don't know if you can tell. Um, <laughs> but it was it was definitely the kind of thing where I, I was in this world where we just sit around and we'd play games mm -hmm. and we'd watch TV and we'd watch movies and we'd joke and we'd laugh. And I thought that was so fun and that's what I like to do in my spare time anyway, is just sit around with people and talk about pop culture. And I was like, how can we do this comic wise? You know, like I'm, I'd love to do that as a comic. And I was thinking there's not a lot of comedy comic books out there. I mean, there, there is obviously there's a lot of web comics out there, but if you look at like the majority of, of comic books, it's not funny. Mm -hmm. You know, there may be humor elements, but it's not a pure comedy book. And I thought, well, maybe this is something that I can do. I'm funny, I think. <laughs> so let's let's give it a shot. So let's let's jump in. And that's kind of what what started it was me being nerdy and and joking around with my friends and thinking, how do I how do I monetize this? 
and combine it with my art. Am I also a good writer? Can I write things? Maybe. I can string words together. Let's see how this goes. That was the first like six mm -hmm. months of can you make a story? Can your story have a beginning, a middle, and an end? Are your characters going to feel like real characters? Are you going to be able to write jokes that are, you know, funny to more than just you? And that's been a lot of the process for me is is going in and taking the things that you love and trying to make it palpable to everybody. So are you or, a uh, big Mario Kart fan? Oh my god. Man, we, I, we, we gotta throw the smoke sometimes. I, I'm a huge Mario Kart fanatic. Uh, massive, massive. I Back in the day, my friends and I, actually the two guys, Captain Sosa and Mr. Maybe are based on two friends of mine that I've known since high school. So uh, 20, 27 years and counting. And we used to sit around and play Super Mario Kart on the on the Super Nintendo mm -hmm. for like 12 hours every day it would start at like eight o'clock at night and we'd finish at eight in the morning and we'd just go all night and we would just race over and over and over again again this is this is super mario kart this is the the original mario kart and everything's so like much. flat like 2d on the on the screen and everything. oh yeah 16 bit baby that's the way to go uh, so that's that started there, uh, but I've also played uh, Mario Kart 64 with my girlfriend. She she had a Wii, and we we got Mario Kart 64. I used to play that back in the day with the old crazy wing gull uh, Nintendo 64 controllers. Mm -hmm. I think every Nintendo system I've played Mario Kart on, every single one I've owned or played it extensively. Yeah, I like, have like 350 hours on the Switch right now. <laughs> it's, it's just one of the best games anyone's ever made. And it's so fun, and it's, it's like this fun, bright-colored thing. But you will swear a blue streak if someone yeah. hits you with that blue shell. Mm -hmm. Like I love it. I just I love. You gotta that. have some like, friendships easy with it. <laughs> that's really also what the comic is all about. If I'm going to be honest, is this fun friendship of everything seems bright colored and wonderful, and then something happens and you just turn to your friend and you're just like, you mother. It, it, that's it, it's mm -hmm. making fun of yourself. It's making fun of others, but in a way that's not going to crush their soul. Like so, that's that to me is, is Mario Kart, and that's also my comic is is that. And this comic starts off on a really interesting note too. We begin with like a rainbow cosmic energy, like engulfing the world, and there's just like tons of people who get these abilities. And I love how these two, in particular, their abilities. You know, the one is like a super uh, speed walker, and the other one can like lift up cars for keys and such. <laughs> yeah, I, so, I wanted I wanted them to be to have real powers, but have them be bad powers at mm -hmm. least to start because i feel like the, one of the big messages of the whole series is is you have to work hard in order to achieve your goals it's not just something that you snap your fingers and happen and a lot of the message with captain sosa and mr maybe is these two guys who have these powers and they're like cool we're now superheroes it's like it's not that simple you actually mm -hmm. if you want to be good you got to kind of work at it and a lot of the messages that happens is them i guess bumping up against the idea that you have to work hard sometimes if you want to be good at something and it just doesn't happen so yeah a lot of the heroes in the comics have have not great powers because they haven't really done the training they haven't really done the work so i love the idea of the speed walking thing i love the idea of i can hover a little 
you know, like I'm, I can fly. Well, uh, I can't fly yet, but I can hover. I can get like six feet off the ground. That's that pretty, would still impressive. Be pretty impressive. Yeah. I would love to be six feet off the ground. You know, you just never know when it's going to come in handy. So I, uh, that's, I think it's really funny for me that juxtaposition of sometimes there are good heroes and then sometimes there are heroes that have maybe really great powers, but they just don't know how to use them. So, you know, from an objective standpoint, they're kind of lame. No, absolutely. And one of my favorite parts is how this comic really focuses on breaking the fourth wall. And uh, we're introduced to like several different like superheroes and one being like uh, excellence, like, it, uh, you know, the Superman looking like perfect uh, embodiment. Uh, and they're just like, man, this douchebag. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> He he earns his douchebag moniker, <laughs> moniker as the as the issues and the, and the series progresses. It's I think I think it's really funny to be like, hey, is this guy a douchebag? And then you see a little bit of a hint of maybe. And then every time we introduce him down the road, it's like, oh yeah, he's just really diving in. He's that guy on the phone while you're ordering coffee, speakerphone wise, just having a conversation. That's him. That's mm-hmm. he's he's that guy. He's sending back food at the restaurant because it just doesn't taste right. There's nothing wrong with the food, but he's like, I'm gonna send this back. He's James Corden. Well, the, 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 our first introduction, he calls uh, the super uh, hero uh, women, uh, woman team, uh, the, the super store ladies or something like that. I'm like, dang. Super, super store league. That's also funny because up here in Canada, we have uh, a chain of grocery stores that are called uh, super stores. Mm-hmm. And I thought that would be both a funny reference for people in the know that live in Canada, but also like, hey, this is, it also relates to if you uh, watch Superstore on uh, Netflix or I think it was NBC was where, was where that, that show. There's a lot of pop culture going on. <laughs> There's a lot of references to so, a lot of things. This is a six-issue series with four issues currently done. Uh, is all of it on Patreon? Yes, that's right. The first four issues are up on Patreon right now right now uh i also have the first issue let me turn around real quick and show that i did actually manage to get a couple of uh the first issue printed uh so i actually have some physical copies of issue one uh available that i bring that i've started bringing with me to conventions and shows uh that i'm doing so yeah but the first four issues are up on patreon uh issue five is in process we're working on it right now uh it's, it's going it's going well. Um, and it's it, just you on this, right? Just me. Uh, whenever you look at, at Captain Soso and Mr. Maybe stuff, I wrote it. I drew it. All the art is mine. I painstakingly colored it. Um, <laughs> I did the watercolor. I, I co-edited it. I got my girlfriend to do a little bit of editing for me, but I do the bulk of the editing. I lettered it. Do you know how hard lettering is? I bet you guys do know how hard lettering is if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Because it's, <laughs> it's hard. You're I like, heard it's Whoa. like an art style all it's in, a, in its own. Oh, my goodness. It really, really is. Like, you, you think, oh, this font will work. And you use it. And you use it for six months. And then someone's like, have you thought about switching your fonts? And you go, no. Should I? And then you do. And it's like 10 times better. It's it's just, it's an art form. Every, is, it, is it? Uh, is it? Um, I loved uh, when uh, you had the fourth wall breaking in the first issue, and they were talking about the font. Yeah. Um, is that what you were talking about referencing? That that is one of the references. It's also referencing. <laughs> it, it's also referencing the fact that in the graphic design world, people hate the papyrus font. Um, I don't personally hate it. 
but uh, people hate Papyrus. They hate Comic Sans, even though a lot of comic books are produced with Comic Sans because it's easiest for people to read. It's in the name, right? Yeah, Comic Sans. <laughs> it's right there. It's right there. It's like I think it's overused. It's a lot of things. Let's and and also I'm I'm breaking a little bit of the barrier down here for maybe some of the people watching this that don't know what it's like to be a graphic designer. Graphic designers are like they think they are like a, a cut above. They are mm -hmm. the elite elite. So they'll be font snobs and they'll be like, oh, well, we don't use comic book sounds because it looks very cheap and very fun. And they don't like, they don't like uh, papyrus. Pap everyone overuses papyrus, especially if you have like a natural healing health or something like that. And yes, I agree. You should have a favorite font, but maybe don't be super snobby about fonts. Like they're all there for a reason. Everything should come together in love. Real quick, we have uh, right here is the link to uh, support Adam on the Patreon. Uh, before we dive into uh, the Patreon and you know some of the perks, I'd like to dive into uh, some of the creative process as well. So, what's that yeah. look like for you uh, when you go to create, you know, a, a page or a panel? You know, what comes first, the art or uh, the writing? Actually, it's both. When I when I sketched out the whole idea for the first six issues or the, the current six issues, I actually paneled each page, like what I wanted to achieve as far as art on each page, broke it up and then started writing the dialogue in based on the, the rough scripting that I had done. And that's where a lot of the jokes come in is me putting the characters in specific situations and then being like, well, what's going to work funniest in this scene? Also thinking of like my size and spacing. You know, like if you have a, a smaller square in the upper right hand corner, you can't go on and on with all of this dialogue. And, and, and the comics do have a lot of dialogue. So I have to be very conscious of the dialogue that I'm writing because it is a lot of writing work. And I, you're just trying to figure it out so you're not cramming too much stuff in. It has to flow. There has to be a natural flow to it. Uh, so it's all kind of sketched out in advance. And then I... Uh, take the script that I've written in my chicken scratch on the paper and I will then convert that digitally and I will add little bits of dialogue if I think it'll work or I'll shorten dialogue, shorten scenes and then we start the final art process uh, which is pencil and paper. That's what we're working on. This is uh, this is another difference. A lot of a lot of creatives these days do you know, they're digital, they're, they're working on their iPads, they're working on their, their tablets. I don't actually do any, any of that work. It's all pencil and paper. And then I scan it in. Uh, so it's, it's penciled, it's inked, it's scanned in, it's broken up, put into Photoshop, and then I will separate all the panels and then we'll add the, uh, the lettering and then uh, kind of format it just a little, make sure everything looks good, make, the, make sure the lines of the art look good. And then we start doing the digital coloring process. And that's really how it all comes together. I don't know if that's how other people do it, but that's how I do it. So, you know, I've heard uh, sticking with traditional kind of, uh, I wouldn't say, um, how do I word this? I heard that basically sticking with traditional, like whenever you make a mistake, you have to learn how to make it work. Where in digital, you could just erase that line. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of process. There's a lot of trial and error that go into actually doing physical art because also if you're a heavy-handed artist like I am, then you got to watch the intensity to which you press mm -hmm. your pencil on the page because if it's not final, then you're going to have that mark and that's yeah. not something you're going to be able to erase. And that's kind of all the way that I learned how to be an artist was 
if you want to create something that the people are going to want to buy that they're going to be interested in then you have to think about that final step when you're doing the sketching phase and i'm sure a lot of artists are the same way i have um poor quality paper that i start and do my sketches on before i move to the higher quality paper that i mm -hmm. do the final art on and that has helped a lot in the training of the brain to not go in and be like oh this is going to look really great and then realize <laughs> it, it you have backed yourself into a corner yeah. and now you gotta erase it or throw out that page i'm very economically minded i don't like wasting things so i don't want to start a project on the good paper and then find out halfway through that it's not going to work mm -hmm. and then have to go and turf that paper. So it's, it's, it is a very uh, interesting process to think about the whole stage, not just like where you, what you want to achieve initially with the art that you're making, but what is it going to look like in the end, in the, in the finalized format? I'm just constantly thinking about that at all times. That's how my brain operates. And it makes, it makes for a stressful, but a good stressful process. <laughs> no, absolutely. We have a uh, Chris Moses over on Twitch stopping in to say, keeping a geekly home with the top tier comic interviews. You know the drill, my man. Welcome to the stream. How are you doing this morning? So with it, four issues already down, give us a little bit about what's been happening in the Captain So-and-So and Mr. Maybe universe. You know, what's been going on leading up to issue five? So in Captain So-So and Mr. Maybe's first four issues, we've, we've met our, our all of our characters. We've met Captain So-So, we've met Mr. Maybe. We know that they're dorky pop culture loving guys who kind of just want to watch TV, but also save people and be heroes. And we've also met Superiora who is the overworked and underappreciated female hero. Uh, she's constantly being pushed to the limits of uh, her patience uh, and purposefully so, because I think that's very funny. And that's a lot of women in my life, if I'm being honest, <laughs> pushed to their limits and just shaking their head at how ridiculous everything is. Uh, so we, we've seen uh, her interact with them because they took on one of her missions and failed spectacularly. They got their butts handed to them by a evil doctor called Dr. Not-So-Nice and his cyber slugs. She had to fly in and save the day. And so she's like, we're going to train you guys. So mm -hmm. she started training them. Uh, we meet the other, our, our other super losers who are a, a group of very awkward guys, uh, very awkward characters, uh, which include a guy who's dressed in a, in, in a cardboard box armor that actually does protect him, but looks pretty, pretty chintzy, pretty, pretty bad. Mm -hmm. uh, visually, we have a, a living cape. We have a anthropomorphic, anthropomorphic hand called Handyman. It's literally <laughs> just a little hand that walks around and he's a superhero. They're, they are a superhero. Uh, we have Air Beats Rock who is a, uh, he wields an invisible air guitar that shoots out uh, invi like invisible energy sound waves, but he has a hard time controlling it. Mm -hmm. uh, but his thing of course is that he's also into air guitar, which is a real thing. I don't know if you know this, Cody, but air guitar championships are real. People I do not know that. People go to bars and they will air guitar up in front of uh, judges to win prizes. This is a real thing. It's silly and awesome. How do you judge it though? Like just who jams out the hardest? Uh, about, about the clothes that you wear, about the the anim the how animated you are on stage, the, like your hair. There's there's like pyrotechnics sometimes. 
it's crazy but it's crazy in the awesome way like yeah. it's so it's so ridiculous it's amazing so i had a friend who did air guitar and i was like well i gotta make one of my characters an air guitar aficionado. you have like a professional like a friend who's like a professional air guitarist professional air guitarist yeah <laughs> i love it it's it's an amazing <laughs> thing and i don't think a lot of people know about it i like i wanted to both put a character in in the book that we could make fun of we could make fun of sort of for being mm -hmm. into this but air beats rock is so passionate about the things that they like that I, I want people to appreciate that their love of it as opposed to making fun of them for for being into it i want them to appreciate mm -hmm. that oh you're just passionate it's just like nerds we're passionate about stuff all the time i want the same kind of appreciation for that so yes i have an air guitar aficionado character who also shoots out <laughs> like invisible sound waves that are very destructive so they're all training, they get together. There's a big party because Superior is invited into being into the Superstar League, which is the big female and female identified powerhouse. They're like the Justice League of my mm -hmm. comic. And so she gets invited to be a part of that. There's a big party. Uh, so all the characters show up at the party. My super losers show up. They weren't really invited, but you know, plot contrivance. They have to be there. Mm -hmm. So they show up. And from there, it's getting the characters to a point of, What's the next step of the story? There's a mystery that that we start in issue one that is continued out throughout the book. I don't really want to spoil it, but it involves yeah, involves a thing, a MacGuffin that has been discovered. And what's the MacGuffin's point? And then, of course, it's the training. It's it's the process of these guys becoming a superhero. Issue four is kind of the big breakdown of the story. I like to look at the first three issues as like, here's the characters, here's an introduction to the characters. And here's a little bit of the story. Here's what mm -hmm. you can expect. So the first three are really kind of like dipping your toe in. Now you know who everyone is. You kind of know their personalities, what to expect. And then in issue four is really where the big storyline starts to kick off. When we start to talk about some mysteries that are going on and the whole direction that the rest of the book is going to take, the rest mm -hmm. of the story is going to take. So when we get to the end of issue four, a lot of things are on the table. Mysteries have been revealed. Characters have been revealed <laughs> for their true, their true intentions. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's drama, you know, and <laughs> drama as because this is all uh, this. It, it might sound like to those who haven't read it to be like, oh, what's going on in this? It's all super silly. There's mm -hmm. it's it's a very very silly book. It's all comedy. There's nothing. No one died. No one's ever gonna die in my books. <laughs> at least not um serious like in a serious way it's it's all funny uh because this is a pure comedy storyline so I've, I've tried to set it up so that there's there's drama but like fun drama comedy drama dramedy okay okay and uh for anyone that is watching here is the link once again uh to the patreon now give us a little bit about this patreon you know uh, what different pledge levels do you have? What, do, what are those levels like uh, have like behind them? Uh, go ahead and give us the breakdown. This is a great question because I have one Patreon tier. That's it. Just the one. It's $8 a month for you to sign up. You get access to all my comics right off the bat. You can cancel at any time. You shouldn't because I post pretty regularly and I give good insight into the <laughs> overall process of the comic. But I... I, I I wanted to make sure there was just the one tier because for right now it's it's also a process for me like I'm getting it out there I'm putting out the books so people can read them but I'm also sharing behind the scenes I'm also sharing the creative process 
uh, you know, little bits and pieces that come to me. There's a lot uh, to unpack with each of the issues. There's a lot of references that come up. So I do a references post that will, you know, take a look at all the pop culture references that I've done in each issue. And it's really just the one tier because I, I, I'm brand new to the market. Like, mm -hmm. I want people to sign up and read it and become obsessed with it and and get into it mm -hmm. and then we can look at doing different tiers especially as the time goes on um but that, it, it makes it super accessible in my mind for somebody who wants to figure out this world and jump into this world to be like oh well it's you know eight to eleven dollars a month north american to jump in and then you have access to everything and then you can kind of decide if you want to continue the journey with me which would be great because i'm awesome <laughs> um or not but it's it's really instead of there being like oh well i'm going to give you you know stickers and 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 access to this and access to that i really just want it to be you know like broken down you know very very cut and dry very simple mm -hmm. right right off the bat for, for at least for right now and then as it starts to build then we can maybe look at doing other tiers and 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 building more of a community i'm a community of one or, you know, one and the people that are currently signed up for my Patreon. And it's it's small, like it's a small little group. And this is really this, what we're doing here is me trying to expand that and, and bring people in. Uh, high fives and handshakes. Welcome to the world of Captain So-So and Mr. Maybe. It's, are you like this? Are you nerdy? Are you somebody who enjoys analyzing all the levels of pop culture? Then we should be friends. Like, read my comic. You'll probably think it's pretty funny, especially if you're between the ages of 35 and 45. And even if you're a little bit younger, you know, I'm 33, so, I, you know, hey. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's, I think the appreciation for it will come from people that understand like comedy as well. Like mm -hmm. there's a, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of the structure for the book is comedy based. I watch a lot of comedy. I'm always on like Netflix watching the latest comedy specials that are up there. Uh, I love sitcoms. I've, I've said that this book is a, is a superhero sitcom because I do want it to feel like, you know, you're spending 22 minutes with these characters, watching them go through this situation comedy mm -hmm. of, of things that are popping up. And I think that's universal. I, I think even though there's a lot of pop culture references to my time, which is the 80s and the 90s, there's also a lot of like modern music references mm -hmm. as well. You know, like I'm a Taylor Swift fan. So there's Taylor Swift references in the comic. You'd never think that I would be a Taylor Swift fan, but I am. Breaking stereotypes. <laughs> And, and I think that it's all about what you're interested in. And I want people when they read it to kind of get into that understanding that, you know, you can be into everything. You can mm -hmm. be into movies and books and video games and, and comics and all that stuff. Uh, and you should be into them. And this is a place where you can kind of appreciate all of those things. And also the, the fact that we can poke fun at it and, and, and poke fun at ourselves at how silly it can be to be into all of these crazy pop culture things. No, absolutely. And speaking of like stand-ups, man, I remember like growing up, like watching like Robin Williams and Eddie Murphy, like in, in kids movies. Oh, yeah. And then when I got older and watched their stand-ups, I'm like, wow, two totally different people. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Eddie Murphy raw. Holy smokes. The, the like, GI Joe in the butt. 
it, it is incredible. That's a, again, this is another thing that I love about comedy is that you you find these actors who work in these G-rated Disney movies or these innocent sitcoms like Bob Saget on Full House oh back God, in the Bob 90s. Saget. And then you watch his stand-up and it's just mind-blowing. He was the host of America's uh, Funniest Videos, wasn't he? America's Funniest Home Videos back in the day. <laughs> Uh, doing oh, very, very inappropriate for younger audience jokes in uh, in his standup, and like there, there were I think it was Dirty Work, which was Norm Macdonald's uh, movie that he did, which is very under underrated and should be watched if you can get your hands on it. Uh, and he has there's a scene in that movie where Bob Saget stands up and makes an oral sex joke, and I didn't know that Bob Saget made those kind of jokes regularly so i was like oh oh my stars and then i you know a couple of years later i found out that that's pretty much bob saggot's yeah. whole thing from a from a stand-up <laughs> comedian sort of, i love that juxtaposition of you can do these very innocent little jokes and then it's just bleep 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 for your stand-up oh, yeah, routines i love that. i love, I love it I don't know they what about it. it, but when you were talking about uh, going on Netflix, watching stand-ups, that's, that just like triggered this like repressed memory. I'm like, oh my god, I remember like some crazy ones back in the day. This so, is what happens when you talk to me: is I will <laughs> I will open the brain pan up to like all of the pop cultureness that you've ever experienced. So, uh, what's next for you though? You're currently working on issue five, but is there anything outside of the world of Captain So So and Mister Maybe, or is it just all hands on deck for this? Well, as a uh, as a professional artist, like uh, and someone who's just starting off, I guess in the world of comic books, it's not really that profitable for me just yet. Sign up for my Patreon; you won't be disappointed. Um, but so I have to do a lot of uh, commission work as well. So I I do conventions, I do shows, but I have a, a long list of clients. So I'm constantly working on stuff for new clients especially as we get towards holiday season there'll be a bunch of commissions that i have to do that's what pays the bills mm -hmm. uh around here so uh there's also um projects that i've wanted to work on for clients that while i've been working on the comic book so heavily i haven't had a chance to work on so i am starting a big star trek painting in the Ooh. next month or so uh i have a homer simpson at like a, a giant king-sized homer painting that has been on the back burner for me for about two years that i want to finish before the end of 2022 <laughs> so that's on deck I, I also paint as well i do a lot of watercolor work i do a lot of realistic watercolor in addition to the the cartooning uh and the comic book stuff uh you can see all of that on my website which is adamtupper.ca you can go there and you can actually see the fact that i clearly need like i clearly am doing the right thing because mm -hmm. i have so many different processes going on in my head at all the time that I need to get it out through these different these different methods and these different mediums. Uh, so I do have a bunch of non-comic book projects that I'm working on uh, moving forward. But yes, issue five is in process. Uh, we're looking in sometime in January to have that done. When you do it all yourself, as I'm sure you and your listeners know, your watchers <laughs> know, it's a lot. It's a lot yeah. to do it all yourself. So it takes me about four to five months per issue. So right now I'm targeting January because uh, I'm, I'm a little bit into to issue five, but I'm targeting January for for issue five's release. And then it's issue, issue six. That's double sized. Mm -hmm. So that's going to probably come out in the summer. 
And then sometime in the late summer, I think we're going to be looking at actually doing a Kickstarter campaign to uh, make the graphic novel version. Oh, um, let's go. So, so that's, that's I, your, your listeners and your watchers, this is first, you're, you're getting like ground level in. We are going to do a Kickstarter campaign next year. I want to build up a fan base of people that have money that want to give it to me between now mm -hmm. and then, because nobody knows who I am. <laughs> Hi, now you do. Give me right your here. money. Give me your money, please. Uh, but starting next year, we're going to, we're going to actually do crowdfunding, I think, because graphic novels, as again, as everyone knows, when you get to that, you know, chunky bit, it's expensive. Mm -hmm. And that'll be a good way to offer uh, a bunch of different, um, much different uh, incentives for people to spend that 40 to $50 on the book. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of art that I don't mind giving away. There's a lot of, we're looking at merchandise as well. I have a merchandise connection. So there'll be some merchandise coming up in the next couple of months that we'll be tying in to the Kickstarter when we start that down the road that's uh that's that's a year that's a year from now so uh, but you gotta be gotta be thinking about these things you gotta yeah. plan you gotta yeah. plan ahead no absolutely man what an awesome sit down adam i appreciate you coming on here breaking down everything and giving us a little bit of uh, what's going on on you know your end of the pond uh you know over there in canada uh Up here in the great white north yeah, dude, my grandma was from, uh, what, what is it? Uh, I always mix up the pronunciation. Uh, Newfoundland? Newf Newfoundland. Newfoundland. Yeah, you were, you yes, were right yes. there. Yes, yes. She was, uh, it was so funny, man. I remember growing up with her um, in her accent, dude. Uh, she, anytime it was a uh, 350, she's always saying, tree fitty. Tree fitty. <laughs> well, wait, wait, wait. Up here in Canada, we got to, there's not a lot of people to have the Newfoundland accent, which I'm putting mm -hmm. on right now. And it's not a good one, but this is the best approximation for you yeah, to watch dude. it. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like this merging between like Ireland and like Scotland and everything, but it's really just, you just talk real fast. I'm actually from Halifax, which is in Nova Scotia, which is uh, adjacent to Newfoundland on the East Coast. And it's just a wonderful place. Canada is wonderful. We're really nice and friendly. It's not a lie. Yeah. Um, we like our coffee. It's not. <laughs> it's not always snowing. It's not snowing right now. I live. I live here in Toronto, biggest biggest city in Canada, and there's no snow on the ground. So it's actually kind of nice out today. I think I might go for a walk later. So. Yeah, it's it's actually kind of funny too. Uh, my grandpa met my uh, grandma. I think uh, what was it uh, during the? Uh, he was enlisted. I forgot which war it was, but he was enlisted uh, in the army and like met her like through that somehow. It was uh, yeah, it was insane, but. Man, what an awesome breakdown. This I always love when I can get uh, someone on the show and just geek out with them on all different levels, Adam. Thank you so much it. for swinging by. Before Thanks we wrap things me. up completely, though, let me ask you for a little piece of advice. So for anyone who is new or even just like starting out, might be seasoned and just taking a break and coming back to it. For anyone who is having trouble getting started with their project, what type of advice would you offer them just to help them get motivated to go? I think the best thing I can info I can I can tell people to to keep the fires burning is a never stop. That's one way. Mm -hmm. But but I feel like if you're having a, a hard time finding what the next step is, a good night's sleep, taking your brain completely away from it, watching some things that you love, not new stuff, stuff you've seen before, reading some reading your favorite story again. Uh, watching your favorite TV show again, watching your favorite movie. I watch Aliens whenever I get stuck on something and immediately it frees my brain. Like it's really just relaxing your brain mm -hmm. and, and taking it out of that creative process. I find it's almost like a soft reboot. 
and I think it will really help. We get stuck all the time, even I get stuck, but you have to kind of give your brain that time to relax and, and reboot, you know? Get a good bite to eat, get a good night's sleep, uh, drink lots of water, um, try to keep your stress levels down, uh, mm-hmm. which can be very, very hard, but find those moments and find those moments to kind of center yourself in whatever way you do. And I promise you the creative juices will flow again. And also don't stop, like keep doing what you're doing. There's <laughs> always gonna be fan bases for what you're doing. And mm-hmm. even if, for me, even if no one ever read my comic, I love it. I love it, I work on it passionately. I don't know if people like it. I don't care. I like it. I want people to like it, but I like it. And I think you have to have a love and appreciation for your own work that supersedes any kind of success you might have. And that way, if you have a million fans or one in you, you're going to be happy no matter what. No, that is some awesome advice. Adam, once again, thank you for swinging by. Everyone watching, here is the link to check out Adam's work on his Patreon. If you're unable to uh, subscribe to it, simply sharing it on Facebook or Twitter. It's 100% free and word of mouth helps get as many eyes on it as possible. So with that being said, you all have an awesome Tuesday afternoon, but most importantly, guys, keep it geekly. Keep it geekly. (laughs) Thanks, Cody.